this week's major spoilers podcast Saturday type edition, unless you're not listening on Saturday, at which point you're one of the future people and Stephen yells at me, so I just keep moving. Goes out to Eric Trevarth and Jeffrey Sire, Jordan Denny and Andrea Orth, whose name always makes me lift a little bit. This one goes out to all of they. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. Major Spoilers theme song! The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Pod- on, on the air. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod, pod, podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen. If you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, 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 The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Welcome, everyone, to issue 403 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. So glad that you, you know could what join us we- today. <laughs> Hey, you know what joke's coming up? We'll let you folks at home What's figure that? that one out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rodrigo. Isn't a 403 like a Chrysler engine? Probably. Yeah, Rodrigo, awesome. why do you have celebrities appearing on your on your shows? Yeah, I know, right? So uh, today, I- I'm, I'm going to guess uh, Stephen was sitting down to dinner with his family. No, actually, I was laying on the floor oh. playing around with the, uh, with the, the sidekick. Child. Yes, trying to keep him calm. And all of a sudden, my cell phone bleeps off, mm-hmm. and I go to it, and Rodrigo has sent me a message. My my wife actually picked up the phone. She goes, "Oh, this probably wasn't as important as you thought it was." Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Well, what, what?" And and so I, I'm reading the message, and the message from Rodrigo is one of the docs on my doctor show looks exactly like Matt Smith. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, that's bullshit." Right. And uh, so show comes on. And uh, my wife's like, well, we're going to want to check out and see if what Rodrigo was talking about. I'm like, sure, whatever. I'll stop watching this really important show right. to watch doctors yell at me about why I'm fat and why I'm going go to go to hell. Was, and it was the, obes- that, uh, the obesity show. <laughs> and so I turn it on and the first face that pops up looks nothing like Matt Smith. No. And I'm like, oh, Rodrigo's full of crap. That guy looks more like uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper than he, than he does uh, – than Matt Smith. And then they cut to a two shot <laughs> and we see the side of the face of the second guest doctor. I'm like, now that guy looks a lot like Matt Smith. Yeah. And then he opened his mouth and sounded nothing. No, like of course Matt not. Smith. And, really, and then they cut to when, the host and I had to you, turn away. When you saw him, when you saw it, be nice. When you saw him head on, um, he didn't look that much like it, but he had mm-hmm. like, he looked like Matt Smith. Oh yeah. In yeah, the yeah. Profile. Like yeah, he yeah. even has the, the, the little haircut. Yeah. The, yeah, the, 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 the gave the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, <laughs> It just it's it's really weird when you meet someone who looks a lot like a celebrity or who looks like someone that, or who really reminds you of of a celebrity. Uh, what happens to me a lot is I meet um, off uh, race celebrities. Like I'm like, oh yeah, like people <laughs> the white like, Bill Cosby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. They'll be like, oh, who is that guy? I'm like, oh, he's the guy that looks. Like a like a Mexican Michael Jackson, they're like young Michael Jackson <laughs> exactly. or old Michael Jackson. I was like a thriller Mexican Michael Jackson. You've been watching Community again, I take it. Yeah, uh, it's like four or five episodes no. ago. Well, Stephen and I went to college with a woman who looks like thin white Oprah. You got me. You got me there. <laughs> I'll tell you after the show. Okay. <laughs> 
Because it won't be meaningful to anybody. And, and I want the four people who know who I'm talking about to go, what? So next week, folks, send in your guesses. So is that something that happens a yep. lot? Or is there something else going going on? Well, I think that sometimes sometimes it's actually true. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think that the... the there there are studies that say that people always try to take shortcuts mm-hmm. when meeting new people. You know, you don't want to have to get to know every person you meet to form an opinion of them. And I think that's one of the shortcuts that your brain automatically takes. Really, that's a lot of people think that's why stereotypes exist, you know, because once you meet a few people of a certain race, you're like, oh, well, it's so easy to just say everybody of that race is this way or everybody of this gender is this way or everybody right. who likes Heavy metal is this way. Um, right. And then you don't have to do any more thinking. So, but that's something that your brain does automatically and something that you have to fight. Um, I think with celebrity lookalikes, though, you don't have to fight it so much as soon as they start talking. Right, right, right. No. Yeah. What, what were you well, going to say, Matthew? To some degree, though, some degree I actually get that when people start talking because sometimes people will sound like other people to me. I mean, I think Rodrigo's point is a valid one because I know that, you know, growing up in central Kansas, I didn't have a whole lot of diversity in my life. But, you know, now in my 40s, I find myself suddenly believing that people who are Mexican are really good moderators and, you know, people who who can balance out angry personalities or, you know, you have these weird things where it really does. And I say that as a joke, but I, I, I honestly think that, that there's a little bit of truth to that. You get to a point where as you age, they say that when you start, when you're a kid, you have that liquid knowledge that I'm going to learn all these new awesome things and I'm going to be open-minded. And as you get older, your brain goes, sorry, we're closed. And you go to what's called that crystalline knowledge base where you interpret things based on what you already know things to be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was so a, the guy who a, may look like there was a study done recently or came out or maybe this is an, an older uh, view. It could have uh, been in I, the 80s. We don't know. No, nah, I, I think I saw it up on io9 or Lifehacker or one of those things about um when or maybe I, I forget what it was. It was something about being able to capture the images from the eye. They were trying to mm-hmm. record, you know, what the eye scenes and how the mind interprets it. And the mind really interprets things as big splotches. Mm-hmm. So when I look at Rodrigo or when I look at Matthew or when I look at whoever, I just see this initially see this splotch. Mm-hmm. And realistically, as I look at you, but my mind is processing this very quickly, I see your face is a lot of splotches. I know where your right, eyes right. are and knows where your nose or mouth is. I know hey, you've got the, the whiskers and the hair and the flavins all everywhere. Uh, but it takes a, it takes much more concentration to focus on the minute details, the mm-hmm. mole, the freckle, the blemish, whatever that may be, the, the eye color. Eye color, uh, yeah. And, and then a girl slaps you. Yes. Uh, well, yeah. And then what happens is, so if we're looking at a people as a bunch of essentially blurry splotches, it could be very, and of course could be my eyes too, but we could very (laughs) easily uh, believe that someone looks like someone else just because of the way our mind is interpreting uh, the situation Mm -hmm. at any given time. The way you're interpreting it's that that uh, understanding comics thing where you see a human face right, in, in the light socket. you know the three prong light outlet. Mm-hmm. But I have a friend at work. She's actually uh, what's called a lead agent, which basically means she is my second in command. She's the agent who leads the team in my absence. And 
I, I find myself, and this is this is kind of related and yet also related and also pervy all at once. Every couple three Saturdays, she has one outfit that she will wear. It's a Mario and Luigi shirt, where the faces of the brothers Mario are basically rendered directly across the mammarian regions. Mm. And at no point when we are working and going around work, do I ever notice her mammarian regions unless and until she's wearing the Mario and Luigi shirt. <laughs> and, you know, of course, it's it's a work thing. You're never going to say, hey, nice Marios. That That's completely inappropriate. But it's something that I think really does, you know, you have to take in this into account that I think part of the reason is, A, it's it's bright and colorful, but it's also that it's put a face and your mind wants to interpret a face. Yeah. No. And I really think that mm-hmm. because the face is right there, well, she says that it gives people an excuse to look. I'm like, I never look one way or the other. But I think that part of it is the fact that that one shirt not only changes my perception of a body that doesn't change when she's wearing a different top. I mean, sure, you know, there are going to be differences in fitting and cut and whatever. But it also takes that moment where my brain is interpreting. And I, I, I honestly think that part of it is because those bright, happy cartoon faces are in that region makes me aware of trying to interpret that region. The part of my brain that says this facial expression means this is going, what does the facial expression that Mario has in some level what what is this Mario thing and and trying to read into that? Well, you know, you had mentioned living in central Kansas growing up and when you yeah. are in more rural communities, uh, rural. I can't say that there is a lot of inbreeding, but there's a lot of, you know, this family and that family <laughs> and this family and this and that family, you know, and if you've this got is my uncle, a, dad, if you've got a culture uh, and, and in Western Kansas, in this area where, where I'm at, it's Volga German. Mm-hmm. And so when you look down the list oh, of yeah. names, it's Pfeiffer and Schmidt and blah and blah and, and blah yep. and blah. And so there's, there's Fon like, and Steel. Fon and Steel is a Likers big one. And Likers Stobbs. and the Stobbs. And in, there are like 50 different names, mm-hmm. but so many people have those 50 different names right. because there were the Likers came and the Liker married the Stob and they had a kid. Well, the Stob married the Oops, Schmidt Stob. and then the Schmidt and the Stob had a kid that mm-hmm. then later on married a Fon and Steel from over here. And so what's really kind of fascinating is after a while you start to see the same facial features in yeah. a lot of the people in the same region. Oh, right? absolutely. So I can look at somebody and go – you're related to the so-and-sos, aren't you? And they're like, well, yeah, you know, my mm-hmm. great-great-grandfather was a so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I thought so. Oh, absolutely. There is a yeah. there is a central-slash-western Kansas, like, facial and body type. Mm-hmm. I can, now it's gotten to yeah. the point where I can look at someone and be like, this person's family has been here for generations. Right. And then if there's somebody who doesn't look like that, I'm like, this person's probably relatively new. Right. You know, within a couple of years. Of, mm-hmm. of- and it's not, and I'm not saying like yeah. in breeding, like everybody looks like sure, some sure. slack jawed, you know, n- mental person. Right. It's, it, we're not looking at the people from deliverance, but there are, there are certain, you know, areas where you, you'll get that. And what's really fascinating is if you move from one area oh, yeah. to another, and you have that subtle sort of change to where you don't even realize it's changed. I traveled through Hayes for the first time in probably a decade this last spring. 
And it's the first time I've ever traveled through Hayes with my child at an age where she's, you know, old enough to look and see and do. And we were going and looking at all the things that I had looked and seen and done and seeing these people. And I'm like, I don't see these people in Topeka. Mm -hmm. I don't see the man who is perfectly square wearing overalls, just kind of stalking down the railroad tracks in Topeka. You know, I don't well, see I, that. Yeah. It, it's the tall, the tall, lanky old man with the oval face who talks like a diss a little bit. And you, you never know what's going to come out of his mouth. And then, you know, he'll say something really weird. That man doesn't necessarily occur with the same rapidity here. That's, that's why I love But as soon as around. you're. Yeah. Because when I lived yeah. in Atlanta, there was one perception of people. Then I moved to California. It was a whole different group of people. Just. A diversity is what is what I'm, I guess I'm getting is there's a diversity and I love seeing that diversity in people. Um, there's yeah. also this theory that's a little weird that there are only like 40 different types of facial elements mm -hmm. and they're all mixed and matched. Mm -hmm. So just by running the numbers, there's going to be someone who looks which, exactly like Matt Smith. Yeah, which brings us back to that, to, to, to people who... Uh, we'll look exactly now. The, the the funny thing is, is uh, when you end up with somebody creating a face and it mm -hmm. looks like somebody, like mm -hmm. there is uh, in. The, you mean like when Jim Lee draws uh, facial features, they all look alike? <laughs> that's not necessarily <laughs> what oh, I was okay. getting at. All right. Um, in the very first Shrek movie, mm -hmm. um, there's that scene where he ends up in in the little arena and he, you know, fights all the all the soldiers and everything like that. And there's a brief shot of this lady, like looking over at her friend and then looking very excited. Right. I know that girl. I went to college oh, yeah, with yeah, that yeah. girl and she looks exactly the same. Yeah. Um, and this is yeah. just something that they probably just took a, a handful of features that look good and put mm -hmm. it on her face. But yeah. it's like that yeah. person. Right. Exactly. Like, right. I could show you a picture and she looks so much like that girl. Yeah. Does that bother you? I mean, yeah. does I, it bother you when Matt Smith shows up to your doctor show? I think it's funny, especially because it's a doctor show. Right, exactly. Um, so, but does it does it bother you? Does it disturb you when you see people that look like somebody else that you know? I mean, it certainly can get you in trouble. When I was in college, there was a girl that I was just like, ah, oh, she's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Too too nervous to, nervous <laughs> to go talk to her. Right. But from the back. She looked exactly like my friend Kathy. Mm -hmm. So one day I'm just walking through the union and I see Kathy and I go up behind her and luckily I was just going to give her a big old, you know, swat. Mm -hmm. And But instead I come up behind her and go, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> and it turns around and says, well, that wasn't Kathy. And I was like, oh crap. I thought you were somebody Wrong else. Girl. So certainly that can get you into trouble sometimes, uh -huh, sure. right? Uh, but does it become annoying other times? Uh, you know, well, I'll tell you when it's annoying to me. Okay. Have you guys seen these new commercials? Um, I, th I don't know where they're from, maybe AT&T or something, about l unlimited data. And there's one where there's a German man who's talking about oh, how yeah, perhaps yeah. these shorts are for a younger man. Right. That man is an actor named Jim Meskimen. Jim Meskimen, I know mostly from whose line is it anyway. But I know him as that guy who looks like Steven Schleicher. No, he looks nothing like me. Jim Jim Meskimen, no. Go and search for Jim Meskimen and just look at the images that come up when you do an image search for Jim Meskimen. It's not to where he's like your double or anything, but his facial expressions, especially his neutral facial expression, where he's not smiling, but his eyes kind of have that I know what you're thinking look. If you do a Google search for Jim Meskimen, I think you'll see what I mean. 
Only I cannot if I were, uh, see that man on television. Twenty years older and about a hundred pounds skinnier. Hmm. Well, I didn't say he was your duplicate. I said he looks like Steve Schleicher. Okay, he looks like a sixty-year-old German. He's not really German. Like he's the guy, that they kind would of cast an elderly Stephen. Yeah, <laughs> in the movie, in exactly. And those are the points where I think it's interesting. I actually on Rodrigo's Shrek story years and years ago, I dated a girl who was. About a hundred pounds heavier than the general phenotype, what but basically looked like you know a non green princess Fiona in her ogre form. <laughs> Very cute girl, and she had yeah, that round yeah. face and the little pug nose and the little chin, and I was just like, Oh, so I see Princess Fiona in her green form, and you know, we're supposed to in that first movie, we're supposed to be like, Oh, she's a hideous monster. I'm like, she's cuter now than she was <laughs> as a human. And I would totally, you know, well, I probably shouldn't go down that path. Yeah, let's, but, let's just bail here. Yeah, so it, we'll it bail. Does it Can you blow you? your nose louder in the middle of the show? So does it bother you then when you have an artist like a Liefeld or a Lee or a, you know, fill in the blank, who has four different characters, mm -hmm. body types, facial fa features, and... We run through that. So Superman looks like Batman, looks like Wonder Woman, looks like Green Lantern. It, it only really bothers me when it clashes with what's going on. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Justice League cartoons, right. Justice League Unlimited, mm -hmm. and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, Batman looks exactly like Superman, sure. except for a few details because yeah. of the style. So that doesn't bother me. What bothers me is when you have a character like, you know, your Amanda Waller or even your Professor Xavier or something like that. People that have a different body type, a different mm -hmm. look to them. Mm -hmm. um, but they're drawn by someone whose, uh, you know, vocabulary might be a little limited. So they look like the same kind of super sexy superhero and that right. clashes with the image that I have of them. Because as comic book readers, I think we get really used to saying, okay, what makes what makes for a Spider-Man? He's got the big white eyes and the, the kind of egg-shaped head. And mm -hmm. he's really skinny and wiggly around, right? Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's Spider-Man. So when you see a Joe Matarera Spider-Man, or when you see a Todd McFarlane Spider-Man, or when you see even a, you know, the Steve Ditko yeah, like, Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, Steve Ditko Spider-Man. It's like, it's all the same Spider-Man. That's Spider-Man. Okay. Right. We can live with this. But when, if you see a really buff Spider-Man, then you're like, that Spider-Man is incorrect. Mm -hmm. Does it does it bother you when you look at action figures, which are notorious for doing this, especially yes. the classic yeah. 80s He-Man action mm -hmm. figures, where it was like Skeletor and He-Man have the exact same body type. They're just injected with a different uh, plastic coloring. Mm. And we're just sticking a new head on. I even like the that. Justice, Even the Justice League figures are oh, the yeah. same way. Batman has the same body as, as uh, Superman has the same body as Green Lantern, has the same body as Amanda Waller. Well, in those, it's not as big of an issue because... In the cartoon, everybody also had right, the same right. body except for right. Tila or whatever. Right, right, right. Um, right. So it's not a big deal in in the action figures. Um, you, you know, if you have, yeah. you said you, you liked it though, right, Matthew? I do, and it may go back to my childhood collecting GI Joe figures. The original thirteen GI Joe uh, figures, with the exception of obviously Scarlet who was the only female in the original run, were basically cobbled together out of 
maybe 16 or 20 body types. So, you know, different characters, rock and roll, clutch, and uh, uh, one other character had the exact same head. Rock and roll, clutch, and who was the third guy with the beard? Doesn't Bebop, matter. Grand Slam. Oh, had a beard. Okay. It was not Rocksteady, Jackwagon. But they, they were the same head sculpt with a beard painted different colors. So the difference between Grunt and Clutch was they had similar heads, same uniform, but different arm pieces. And mm-hmm. even Snake Eyes, who had a custom headpiece, had the same chest as Hawk and the same legs as Flash. So it's something where I think that in toys, especially, it lends itself to more entertaining playing because it puts these characters clearly in the same reality. So if you grow up like Rodrigo, where you're playing with, you know, one Masters of the Universe figure and a 12-inch talking robot from the future and a My Little Pony, it doesn't necessarily, you know, that's not going to break up Rodrigo's style. I think that's why he Dungeon Masters the way he does. But for me, it, there's there are issues of scale. I would never be able to take my three and three-quarter-inch G.I. Joe figures and play with them at the same time as like, you know, the, the six inch masters of the universe figures, they don't exist in the same reality. Clearly not just, you know, one's a military fantasy toy and one's a quasi Tolkien esque swords. And I guess it's vaguely it, homoerotic imagery. I you guess know, it's interesting it, that you it, guys it are saying, interrupt. I guess it's interesting that you guys are saying, Oh, I don't mind it in my action figures. I don't really mind it in my comics, but you know, when you're talking about casting actors in your movie, you're not supposed to cast people that look too much alike. Because you're going to confuse the audience. I think, that's a, I think that's a great idea. I have always believed that the one Steve limit is a stupid idea, too. But I like it when you have to think about it, and it gives you that moment of reality. When we were in college, Bruce Otter looked almost exactly like another guy named Mark Lyon. And Mark Lyon was known as Other Bruce, with the exception of among his circle of friends to whom Bruce was other Mark. And sometimes you'd have that interaction with somebody where he'd talk about other Mark and you'd be like, Oh, right. He's talking about Bruce because he's coming from that, you know, that perspective. I liked in Scott Pilgrim where it's like Scott and then young Scott or what is it? Other Other, Scott Scott Scott, and young Neil. Yeah. Other Scott throughout that story. I like that because that feels more real. It feels like it has that, verisimilitude of you know there are five ashleys in recess right and four of the ashleys are an evil click and the fifth ashley is one of our heroes and her being an ashley and going by her last name of spinelli actually sets her apart you know you take that moment and you make it part of the character you make it part of the reality and i feel like it makes things it things get a lot more real yo what were you gonna say rodrigo I think that uh, certainly in comics, you know, specifically talking about faces, it's a lot of the time not as much of an issue because you have other markers. For example, what's the big difference between Betty and Veronica? It's really their hair and yep. the clothes they wear. Right. But it, it is that hair because their faces are, depending on yeah, who's drawing identical. them, either exactly the same mm-hmm. or almost exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yep. in... You know, if you do cast two actors who look very much alike, then, you know, as long as one of them has crazy spiky hair and the other guy is wearing a bowler hat, you're probably okay. 
But, you know, Mm -hmm. when you get into a thing and, you know, they're not supposed to be related and you have two characters that look very similar, it can be confusing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, well, and there's a, there's a point in the um, Michael Turner's run on Superman and Batman Mm -hmm. where they've just introduced the new jailbait Supergirl. And also in the story is Harbinger from Crisis on Infinite Earths. No. Harbinger from Crisis on Infinite Earths, who is likewise a, a a small statured female superhuman blonde girl. And there's a point in where you're reading issue nine or ten and Harbinger gets murdered and blown away. And because of the way Michael Turner draws faces, it looks for a moment like Supergirl has died. Well, mm-hmm. that's actually a good point. Because, because she is the... exactly the same girl. In that uh, Superman thing uh, in that video what is it oh uh the one where supergirl turns evil in that the dc yeah that's direct, that's the one that video. we're talking about that's the uh uh superman batman uh, oh okay yeah 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 absolutely yeah. uh you know the there's that scene in which she harbinger wakes up mm-hmm. and she's not wearing her harbinger clothes so mm-hmm. she looks at i i thought it was supergirl mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah uh, yeah, Matthew, I'm pretty sure she's just called Supergirl. I did a Wikipedia search and there's no entry for jailbait Supergirl. So. Yeah, well, that's how <laughs> now, I tell them now, apart. Now you're, now so you're she's jailbait Supergirl. There was there's a press 70s release. hot pants Supergirl. There is a big, press release uh, that came out today from uh, Wizard World. Wizard World, uh, the uh, Mike, the Situation Sorrentino, along with the Sorrentino family have signed a publishing development and appearance deal with Wizard World to create and publish a comic book hero based on Mike the Situation Sorrentino and his family, and they will be appearing at Wizard World... Which Wizard World? They're going to be appearing at a Wizard World comic convention near you. (laughs) Near you. Near you. There's so many of them, there's bound to be one near you. Now, um, I was watching the, the, the Twitter, and somebody was just like... Oh, geez, can't we just keep comic book people at comic book conventions? Why do we have to have all these people who have nothing in connection with uh, geek stuff? Well, he does now. He made a comic. Well, yeah, he that, that's the that's kind of the out is that we have the comic. But mm-hmm. um, is a comic book convention just for comic book people? I think if you're I think if you're advertised as a comic book convention, uh, it probably should be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because. You don't, it's like comic books, I think to a certain degree, comic books have difficulty standing on their own. Right. Um, so you you get the conventions being augmented and then, you know, th- that other aspect of it really grows. You know, San Diego Comic-Con is what it is today because of all the non-comic book stuff that has gone on in it. Now, right. Does that get out of hand? I think it does. I think, especially when you get other properties that have nothing to do with comics, um, taking up a lot of space mm-hmm. and taking up a lot of resources, it can be aggravating for the people that are there to meet Gail Simone or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know when they can't get from one side of the of the convention to the other because the light for the line for Twilight mm-hmm. is too long. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew, what are your thoughts on that? Because I'm still formulating my, the way I want to present my argument. I think it ties into our recent our recent discussions of nerd on nerd violence. I think that a the situation is a pretty damn good superhero name. B Mike Sorrentino may be 
a long-term superhero guy. I mean, the stuff that we see him doing on television is the stuff that he does on television. There's no saying that Mike Sorrentino doesn't have, you know, a copy of Amazing Spider-Man number 47 and knows how awesome it was when they recut it into Daredevil number 11. You know, you can't tell me that Mike Sorrentino can't. You cannot say to me with authority that you know that he can't tell you the difference between Phantom Girl and Saturn Girl. That he can't tell you, you know, why Danger Mouse is awesome. You know, this may be something that he's been really wanting to do. This may be Mike Sorrentino's dream and the thing that gets him out well, of his first should, level of, of stardom into a universal, you know, sort of, of, of polymath. Thing. Okay, let's take him out of the equation because he they did say that he signed this publishing comic book deal. What about Kim Kardashian? Okay. Does she need to have her own panel at Comic-Con? No, I don't see why she shouldn't. I mean, the thing I think that 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 comes into this is that same geek girls go away thing is we want to keep our hobby, our portion of it, portion rather of our hobby separate from the people that we don't like. I'm sure there's, uh, you know, a, a chunk of superhero fandom that crosses over with Twilight fandom. I think there are people who read and love both. Well, so I, can we, I, I guess I come at this from the perspective of, well, where's the cutoff? If you don't want the situation at your convention, then do you want William Shatner at your convention? Yeah, I mean, why granted, do we want Lee written, Majors or Aaron yeah, Gray? Well, Aaron Gray, again, perfect, perfect example on both of those. Why do they need to be at a comic book convention? Right. Um, why does Lou Ferrigno need to show up? Well, granted, he played the Hulk, but he's not a, a comic book creator or an artist or anything like that mm -hmm. uh you know where do you draw that line and then do you start drawing the line at well we only want people that have had a published work in the last five years we don't want those people who have semi-retired from the profession and only go to conventions to sign books uh it i don't know i i guess it boils down to the name of or the subheading that we have at major spoilers, and we we have it on our about page. Uh, we're a website and podcast that cover comics and the pop culture industry mm -hmm. because comic books really are all about the pop culture, right? Uh, and they cross over. And I mean, just look at the movie th movies oh, this summer. Absolutely, yeah. You know, there's big crossover between comic books and popular culture. Um, Superman is popular culture. Uh, the situation, whether you like him or not, and I, I never seen an episode of whatever this Miami Beach show that they're on. Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore, okay. Uh, I've never seen, so I could not tell you anything about him, but I do know that when I turn on the radio, what are people talking about? They're talking about uh, Jersey Shore. Miami Beach, yes. They're talking about Jersey Shore. They're talking about the situation and wash, rinse, repeat, or whatever his motto is. Mm -hmm. um, so he is part of pop culture, just like Kim Kardashian, like her or not, is part of pop culture. Paris Hilton is part of pop culture. Um, Matthew Peterson is part of pop culture. Right. Right? So in a sense, if you're trying to promote popular culture at a comic book convention, then you do open the doors for, as much as you may not like it, Twilight fans... Doctor Who fans, mm -hmm. um, you know, the rock fans, right? you know, 
that's all what we like all revel in. Wrestling fans. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess I was a little put off by this person who said, well, why do we have to let this person into, why don't we just keep a comic book convention about our geeky interests? Well, it's about pop culture. Yeah, I think, mm-hmm. well, well, I think there's there's two ways of going about it. One, you are either very restrictive and right. say, this is a comic book convention, so only we only have comic book writers and artists, um, properties, we showcase properties that originated in comics mm-hmm. or have a significant comic book following. You can do it So that Harrison way. Ford would not be allowed? Harrison Ford would not be invited. Okay. Um... You know, they could have stuff for the Avengers movie because that originated in a comic book. Um, William Shatner would only be there if he was... uh, Now, he's written comic books. He has written comics. He could only come and appear as a comic book... Right, as a comic book creator. creator. And then, you know, from then on, you know, you can always talk to him Mm -hmm. about Star Trek. There's no reason why you couldn't. Mm -hmm. You know, same thing with Adam West. Adam West has a comic, so he could be there. Sure, sure. And and that lets you into doing a lot of things but it is very restrictive and then the other option is doing basically what comic-con has done which is that you look at you start out with comics mm-hmm. then you say who reads comics mostly this group of people reads mm-hmm. comics Nerds. what else what else do they like they also like this other stuff i know and Let's that's where that we start to com- get yeah. out into the you pop start culture expanding right. and expanding and expanding the issue there is that then you do build that huh, situation mm-hmm. in which you you can't say no to anything uh, right um so you know even if people don't like it even if the majority of people don't like it mm-hmm. you know you can't have something where a, a major movie studio says well it's clearly the right move for us to have a booth at comic-con for this romantic comedy starring you know i don't know julianne moore and Conan O'Brien as a puppet. Um, <laughs> and it's going to be called Ginger Love. Okay. No, I, I'm sorry. This is actually sorry. starting to sound awesome. Um, <laughs> I was I was really Ginger trying to love. make it sound not cool <laughs> and, and not interesting in a comic book. But, but, but you know what I'm saying. It's basically, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, just take uh, what's his name? Uh, ben Stiller and uh, Jennifer Cameron Diaz. An- Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston. They're, they're coming out with a new romantic comedy in which they are both accountants, right? Right. It's, it's like it's got nothing to do with superhero sci-fi or anything like that. Right. But they're putting a booth at Comic-Con because they, they, their, their people feel that that's the right move. They're shelling out the money. There's nothing anybody can do to stop them if Comic-Con says yes. Mm, that's true. That is totally true. Because there are no written rules as to what's mm-hmm. allowed to be in Comic-Con. But I, I guess if it's part of popular culture, and certainly people could argue that Jennifer Aniston is certainly part of pop culture. Sure. Then why not have her appear her at the show? Her haircut certainly was for a well, long time. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Matthew, do you know, have you ever been up oh, to, uh, have you ever been up to uh, FreeCon there in Lawrence? Mm-hmm. FreeCon is. All the time. Ah, what is it like? Once a it's like once or twice a year they hold it in Lawrence out at the fairgrounds. It's uh, Lawrence's free comic book. uh, It's I guess it's Kansas's free comic book convention. Uh, It is a Mm -hmm. one or two day event. It's held in one of the uh, fairground buildings, and it's nothing but comic book related material. So you have some comic book creators show up. Uh, You have a lot of comic book uh, people selling their wares. And you have a lot of people selling toys uh, related to to that. Very small show. Hmm. You can get through it in about an hour, maybe less. Uh, you might meet some interesting people. It's very small. 
Uh, occasionally, they'll have some cosplayers show up. Uh, the 51st will will show up uh, on occasion. Um, but it, it it is it seems very restrictive mm-hmm. in that it's only comic books. Right. We're not asking William Shatner or uh, uh, what's his name Patrick Stewart to uh, to come to the show. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to be anything like that. It's just comic books. Then we have something like Planet Comic Con, which is a I don't know mid-sized comic book convention. Again, right. a two-day weekend thing. They do have a few panels. Uh, they do have comic book people selling their wares. They have toy people selling their toys. They have um, some vendors selling movie posters and other things. And mm-hmm. they have creators there. I mean, uh, we got to meet uh, Gail Simone. We got to meet uh, Francesco Francovia. Uh, we got to meet uh, the creators of Six Gun. Um, you know, they ha- they have a large number of people that attend that show. Their big draw, however, when they do this show are their big celebrities that they can bring in. And this year they brought in uh, Jake uh, Lloyd or whatever his name was, the uh, Anakin Skywalker from the first mm-hmm, movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've had Billy D. Williams. They've had Peter Mayhew. They've had Aaron Gray. They've had uh, Helen Slater uh, in the last couple of years, just to name a few of the names that people would recognize. And yes, they are tied into pop culture in the roles that they've played, like when Lou Ferrigno came. Mm-hmm. But do they really belong in a comic book convention? Sure, because it draws more people to the event and exposes. I remember the year my wife and I, it was second time we'd been to Planet Comic Con is when they had Peter Mayhew there. And there were people there only because they were interested in Star Wars and meeting Chewbacca, Hmm. right? And there was a line out the door. Fortunately, my wife and I got there super early. We got up front, we got everything taken care of, and then we were able to spend the rest of the day walking around the show, met Marv Wolfman mm-hmm. uh, for the first time, which was great. And uh, look at me, dropping the names. Uh, but you know what? Mm-hmm. All of those other people who came for Star Wars, guess what they did? They wandered around the show floor. They saw a t-shirt that they liked. Oh, I recognize that that Batman symbol shirt. I like the Batman. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm all about Batman. Uh, Batman's my favorite. I'm in love with Batman. Mm-hmm. And they go and buy the Batman shirt. And then they're like, they make Batman comic books. <laughs> right. And so the offshoot of that is you now open the doors for more people to enjoy your habit. Uh, sure. But what you're saying there is this is a sound business model. It is. And when you look at, Comic-Con International, San Diego, Mm -hmm. look at what it is. Let's invite the movie industry. Let's invite people who want to find out about Twilight. Let's invite people who want to know more about Doctor Who or about the the Ben Jin Mm rom-com that's coming out. And let's get them to our show. And they're going to spend a lot of money at the show. And maybe they'll discover at the same time. All this other stuff that it's about. Sure, oh, maybe sure. they'll see somebody in a costume and go, oh, man, that's wild. That's great. I want to do that, too. Maybe maybe the, uh, the, the, the people that are going to San Diego Comic-Con to learn more about Twilight will discover that there's this magnificent thing called World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, right? Yeah. Is, I mean, is that is that not a sound business model? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Matthew, look at Matthew's shop. Uh, well, not his shop, but... Uh, gatekeeper comics and hobbies no, engaged to people. I own it. Right? Does. What what, what, he, what does that store he's have? A gatekeeper. What does that store have? It's got comic books in it, right? Mm-hmm. But look at the title mm-hmm. of the store: Gatekeeper Comics and Hobbies. What sure, else sure. do they have in there? They've got the D and D, and they've got the what is it? Warhammer forty forty or whatever it is. Yes, Warhammer. <laughs> War, Warhammer sixty forty. <laughs> yeah. It's very no, it's, it's 50, very 50. uneven. 
uh, Warhammer you've 50 got, 50. You've got the action figures in mm -hmm. there, right? So you're able to draw in more people <laughs> to play your Magic the Card Gathering. Mm -hmm. Warhammer and, 2020 with yes. Barbara Walters. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 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 this week she Magic interviews Ben and Jen gathering. about their new upcoming romantic comedy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you have ben that mixture. Ken? What? Yes. You have that mixture because you want to cross-promote, cross-generate, cross-make money, mm -hmm. right? So it, it, think ahead, fly. tell me a little bit about your life. Oh, sorry. I was being Barbara Walters interviewing Ben 10. Accelerate. <laughs> What's he Willie Wyke? <laughs> I, I, for me, it, is, it once again comes down to the question of what does the phrase belong mean i mean what belongs at a comic convention well if you are a putting your comic book convention what belongs is what you want at your convention if you want the man who played stefano demera from days of our lives at your comic convention then he belongs at your comic convention yeah, but and i think that it's kind of cool comic book villain i mean stefano demera is a, the phoenix i'm telling yeah. you but this what's is the your, thing what's your guys' favorite the, uh, mass superhero guy santos what if he was still alive? Does he El belong? El Santo. Does he belong at? Uh, He'd be 120. Yes, El Santo has a long and proud tradition of comics, so you can, in fact, get him in in there under regular pretenses. What about the but Rock? El Santo, you yeah. can't stop El Santo from going anywhere he wants to go. <laughs> That's right. So and yes, the it would Rock be there if, if also starred in his own comic book adventures. Mm -hmm. If right. there, if there is a, uh, but he's there promoting uh, Tooth Fairy Two. Or three, I guess. Hmm. Okay. He can still be like he's the rock and he can he can be the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. All right. But I I I I really think that the problem that we come to is that that stratification of pop culture where this pop culture is stupid and meaningless, whereas my pop culture is deep and nuanced. Right. I think we did that you know, uh, it, 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 whole like yeah. a couple of years ago when we said, what are the most annoying fans? The Harry Potter fans, the Twilight fans, the Star Trek fans, or the, mm -hmm. uh, the Star we Wars We didn't fans. do that poll. You did that poll. No, we ran it on the side. I am still, I'm hiding away from that poll because there are still people who want to find me and hunt me down because of oh, that poll. Oh, I don't, I, I doubt it. Uh, but um, well, That's true. Well, then have them come talk to me. I'll, I'll straighten it out. I'll give them your address. And certainly if they don't know where to find you at uh, Huntoon Engage Topeka, <laughs> then there's some, they're not, there must not be too upset about it. Um, but you're right. It's yeah, like, what do we want to include in, in our definition of pop culture? Uh, you know, I think the only, the only way to keep it under control is to be incredibly restrictive. And the conventions aren't going to do that. You're not going to see you're not too many. turn away money. Yeah, you're not going to see too many conventions say, no, we're not going to do this because we're a comic book convention and this is not comics. Because, you know, the the very same fans will come in and say, oh, man, you know, guys, you know what? I totally love Doctor Who. You guys should have more Doctor Who stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's that's going to happen no matter what. We we get that here on the podcast all yep. the time. You and know? on the website. The, 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 the normal weekday... Um, Major Spoilers podcast, we usually review three comics and a trade paperback. Mm -hmm. But people still call us and say, hey, you know, have you heard about this movie or this thing? Or I think mm -hmm. Rodrigo would like this. Mm -hmm. um, that is not a comic book at all, which is actually the first uh, the first thing that I look for in media. Um, <laughs> is it a comic <laughs> book? Is it a comic book? No. Okay, I'm already interested. 
Um, <laughs> no, no. I tolerate comics just fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, you know, Major Spoilers is a, is a, is a prime example of it. We mm-hmm. do comics, first of all. Right. But we never limit ourselves to just comics because there's a lot of interesting things out there. Well, and there's a lot of interesting things that our audience who likes comics mm-hmm. is also going to be into. Matthew likes to talk about Venn diagrams all the time. Mm-hmm. And certainly you could put comic mm-hmm. books in this circle and you could put Star Wars in this circle and you could put uh, 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 adult porn parodies in this circle mm-hmm. and there's going to be an overlap. Mm-hmm. And yep. certainly the people who have no interest in adult porn parodies of the Justice League aren't going to care for that topic. But they may be here for the comic books, but there's going to be that margin of people sure. That are interested in in that overlap space, and so that's what we try to cover. Granted, we don't cover everything that we possibly could because we don't have the staff and we don't have uh, the funding right now to mm-hmm. do that. And if people want to see more stuff, then we need more people to make recurring donations, right? Um, but yeah, the, you know, we could be covering more video games because there's a video game yeah. overlap with comic books. We could All be right. covering more movies because there's a definite overlap with certain movies in this grouping and that's why the site's major spoilers we love comics you do too but if you look in the in the about page uh we are covering the comic book and pop culture industries right matthew you were going to say something and i i didn't let you uh, pop in there or as i like to call it recording the major spoilers podcast um i th- I have to say <laughs> see always room the venn diagram is pop culture comics Passive aggressive bullcrap. <laughs> yeah. And there's a really big segment in the middle. So, but I, I, I have to agree. And I think that, you know, there are probably people, in fact, I'm sure there are people who not only don't get my wrestling references, they think that they might, that somehow a wrestling reference dumbs down the show. And I don't necessarily agree because to me, you know, comic books and wrestling have very similar, um, over as to them. I've always said that comic books have a flip side, an opposite side of the coin in soap operas. Comic books and soap operas use the same tropes, the same stories in many cases. If you go back and you look at Silver Age comics and classic soap operas, you're going to be seeing the same evil twins, the same childhood best friends turned enemies. You're going to be seeing the same families ripped apart and the same, you know, dramatic tension put into a group because, you know, happy couples are, st- are uh, dramatically inert. You're going to see the same things if you watch Five Years of the Guiding Light than if you go and read five years of Superman comics. But fans of soap operas, when they attempted to cross over and have a, a superhero character on the Guiding Light, Guiding Light also a show that has had, you know, mystical stuff and witches and, and magical. They didn't have Satan. That was Days of Our Lives. But they've had a lot of real whack jobbery and they've had cloning. Mm-hmm. They've had all sorts of wacky stuff. But when Harley Cooper got superpowers and became a superhero, everybody went, what? And when Marvel Comics put inserts from the guiding light of Harley Cooper as a superhero in their comic books, the comic fans didn't like that chocolate in their peanut butter. But they're really closely interrelated. They are yeah. very much, if you, if you break it down, they're the same thing. They look a lot alike. Well, and 
but that's that's a, that's actually in and of itself an important consideration is that just because two things are very similar doesn't mean you're going to like them you know uh, mm-hmm. you know if you look at uh, horse races and nascar you know the people that like horse like the, the people like horse yeah yes. the people that just like horse <laughs> <laughs> well who doesn't <laughs> yeah <laughs> are probably not even going to pay attention to the race um no, the people that uh, Wait, like horse, the Kentucky race? Derby, um, right. yeah, not very well. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you know, the the people that that go to the Kentucky Derby aren't necessarily the same people that are going to go watch NASCAR. Right. I mean, some of them might be. Right, right. Um, but uh, a We're race with animals is different than a race with cars, mm-hmm. and that doesn't necessarily mean that all the same people are going to like it. No, you know, both involve horsepower. Yeah, there are multiple sports oh, that involve you taking a a ball and putting it in a net of some kind. Right. But, that but you don't see mean, lacrosse becoming a big, uh, you don't, yeah. you don't see basketball players going like, Oh yes. Also lacrosse necessarily mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or soccer or anything right. like that. And it's because there's enough nuance there. there. There's enough there that is also different that people aren't necessarily going right. to like it. So when I think sometimes just saying, Oh, these two things are very similar. Let's bring them together. Um, it can cause, a problematic reaction in the fans really what you want to do is look for that tangential property mm-hmm. of you know yeah doctor who is not at all like a superhero comic right but you very frequently find people who like superhero comics also liking doctor mm-hmm. who yep. because yep. the the peripheral and, stuff is similar yep and the subject of soccer brings up an important point that has some validity in this discussion years ago george carlin had a discussion about sports and how all sports are basically one sport. And he started going off about certain sorts being, you know, basically ping pong. Tennis is just raised net ping pong while standing on the table. And he got to soccer. And you would think that soccer is very similar to ping pong and tennis. And George said, no, soccer is not a sport. And if you ask me why, I'll tell you that no goddamn dots on the ball. There's too many dots on the ball. Soccer is not a sport because of that. Mm-hmm. That arbitrary ruling right there. George's joke, and the joke is just, you can't be a sport, there's dots in the ball. And he goes on to talk about something else. But that's exactly what we're talking about here, is that this pop culture is awesome. Pop culture, pop culture, pop culture. But Mike, the situation, Sorrentino, too many dots on his ball. Right. You have that, it's that human nature to just arbitrarily say, Right. I'm done here. No, that's not right. So if if you say who is a bigger cartoon character, Lois Lane or Snooky? Well, which one can be effectively played by a 40-ish fat man who's who's Irish? Snooky. I'm going to say Snooky is the bigger cartoon character. By the way, Bobby Moynihan's Snooky is one of the great joys of Saturday Night Live over the last couple of seasons if you haven't seen it. It's hysterical. Okay. All right, uh, that's probably a good pra- place to break it right now. Mm-hmm. Thank you so so much for tuning in to uh, Major Spoilers. On the next episode, we will be talking about Punisher, Circle of Blood. Also, be on the lookout for uh, some cool announcements, or at least one cool announcement that we may have in the coming weeks regarding Major Spoilers. We've also got uh, the new season of Critical Hit that has started. By the time you're listening to this, uh, it will be available. And you should download it and listen to it. It's going to cause you to lose your stuff. 
And, of course, we've got Top 5 coming up uh, this week. A brand new Top 5. This week, it's the Top 5 Fictional Settings We Would Like to Live In. So you'll want to check out that show and a whole lot more. And we certainly appreciate everyone who uh, makes a recurring donation. And if you like this show, you might uh, head over to Major Spoilers and make a, a one-time donation or a 2 5 or $10 a month recurring donation. It does help us out. It's kind of a thank you for the work that you guys put in. And it's also very telling when... Um, when we see those donations come in, it's almost like, please continue to do what mm. uh, you're doing. We like it and we want to continue to do it and make it free for as long as we possibly can. All right, that's it. Uh, again, thank you for downloading and tuning in and we will see you next time. Why? Because we like talking about pop culture and comic books and we know that you do too and we will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash Majorspoilers. Fat the X-ray vision of a Superman I could save a few bucks and stand around And read through the covers of the comics on the stand But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose I could still read the evens and the odds Well, I don't know Guess I haven't thought this all the way through Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew to kick my butt out on the corner What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm star raving rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine me In the Middle East With a gang sign throwing soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers It's copyright 2012